Oh, shoot. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with three men. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's raining men. Javier. Guillermo. And D degrade. Degrade? Did you just degrade <laughs> your name? <laughs> I like it. I like it. It stays. It stays. If you recall from the last couple of episodes, from the last couple of episodes, it's staying. I'm not editing nothing today. Um, <clears throat> oh, no. Mr. Dennis Grady has made his return, triumphantly uh, returning to the Dude Catholic Podcast. And here for the first time, Mr. Guillermo, we are going to uh, have a quick little conversation, casual conversation um, about stuff, mm -hmm. the stuff about the things. It's, it's what the podcast is about. A lot of people don't know. But the main thing is like we talk about the stuff about the things here mm -hmm. and uh, the stuff that we're going to talk about is a couple of things. Now, Javier sent us this text message saying that we can discuss quite a few things, a few things. Now, we talked about fatherhood already. We can we talked about homosexuality already with the episode on pride. There's one on atheism that I'm kind of tempted to uh, to to visit. But but we have other things that we, we want to talk about too many things. Um, so let's just get right to it. Well, thank you, Adrian, for having me on once again. This time I'm virtually present for the first time. Uh, so what we have here is I'm going to focus more on just the recent Moto Proprio scoop of Pope Francis restricting Latin mass. And I'll let Javier talk about the velvety stuff. Um, so basically what we have here is Pope Francis tells the the bishops of the world that they now have authority to determine um, Latin Mass being celebrated uh, when and where throughout the world, and this is in conjunction with really you can say Pope Benedict the Sixteenth um, document that allowed the Latin Mass to be celebrated um, while he was still functioning as Pope. And now Pope Francis, either he adds to it or, or edits it, however you want to look at it, and basically says that now you have, uh, you have to celebrate the Novus Ordo, which is the ordinary form of the Mass that 99% of Catholics are all used to, that you see at most churches, basically saying that the Latin Mass communities need to incorporate that if they don't have it already. Um, and so this really is going to cause an issue for those that simply or exclusively celebrate the Latin Mass, specifically religious orders. And I know several out there, they've been having issues with Pope Francis ever since he's been in office, more or less. Um, and I don't know if I should go into detail about all that, but I do have a lot of inside information and it's, it's, uh, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Um, but at the yeah, end of the day, yeah. 
So at the end, of, at the at the end of the day, what we have here is um, <clears throat> there are going to be certain communities that are going to suffer from this because they're exclusively Latin Mass communities, uh, Trinitine Mass that is, and therefore it's going to. Um, I, I think it's going to hinder their spirituality, but at the same time, I want to give a quick, a quick perspective on the matter. I personally see a positive view on this and here, here it is. Okay. The positive, yeah. The positive view is that I think a lot of these communities have SSPX society of St. Uh, society of St. Um, Pius X. Right. A lot of them have like a crossover or cross pollination going on where I, I know right here in the Buffalo diocese, we have a lot of SSPXers that attend um, the Latin mass throughout the week or sometimes on Sunday for whatever reason. And it, you can see it's causing um, it's causing a lot of friction because they come with different theology and yeah. they like to, they like to, you know, basically spew that theology onto others. And if you don't accept it, you're basically excommunicated from their, from their click, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe I'm giving too much information for those that are listening from Buffalo here, if any, but um, I know some will be, but basically it's, there's a spirit we, we of only schism. Have like two listeners. So it's, it's cool. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's a spirit of schism that comes with, you know, schism being, uh, basically separation from the Holy Father, right? Separation from the, from the head of the church, right? It's severing of the body since the Pope is the vicar of Christ on earth. So what we see is that um, there's a lot of this spirit going on of schism, right? In these Latin mass communities, simply because there's SSPXers, there's um, Sede Vacantis, which means that they don't think that there's a legitimate Pope, et cetera, right? And so I think Pope Francis is doing this to, uh, basically tell people, hey, listen, the Novus Ordo is legitimate mass. Um, you need to accept that. And in fact, we're going to make the priests do that as well. Uh, we're going to make the priests celebrate the Novus Ordo simply to show that they're in unity with, with Rome uh, and unity with, you know, the Holy Father. And so yeah. in unity with Vatican II. So at the end of the day, I, I, I see a positive spin to it that maybe he's trying to dismiss this uh, spirit of schism but i can go on on more on that on, on that topic but i'll let someone else chime in on the matter yeah i disagree with you man i i don't i don't see this as a as any i don't see any positive uh to whatsoever in this i feel i see it as a direct attack on on conservative com communities uh backlashing uh for all the i guess you could say criticism that uh, conservatives have had on Pope Francis and on, uh, you know, less orthodox uh, bishops. And I feel like now the bishops that have this power are going to definitely yeah. uh, show forth that power and they're going to uh, regulate these communities. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, I was just speaking to a friend, um, uh friend that you some of you are familiar with Alex Angel and he told me that he went to Congress and he said that when he went to Congress uh, if you don't know what Congress is it's a it's huge catechetical probably the largest catechetical um, conference in the world actually semi-heretical uh, yeah that that's unfortunately because of that uh, and it's it's put on by the LA diocese at the Anaheim Convention Center 
he said he went to go hear a talk from Bishop Barron. And he was he was telling me that Bishop Barron, his talk was on how traditionalists are um, are blacklisting and canceling, um, you know, Catholics. And he so he goes after traditionalists. Oh, dude! he, he went after he, he could have talked. He could have talked about anything. Wow. Bishop Barron. He could have talked about anything, and he chose to talk about traditionalists and how they are basically, in a sense, you know, not quoting him, but in a sense, almost like saying they're like they're like cancer in the church. So wow. I, I I think the lines have Shots been drawn. Fired. Shots have been fired, Dennis. And I think, make no mistake, my friend. I think, um, you they're know, I they 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 are they are. They're, yeah, they're, they're, it's 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 just, and it's not only. I think we see it not only in terms of the ecclesic ecclesiastically in the church. I think obviously politically as well. We see it obviously being here oh, in America, big time. Big time. De- Democrats, Republicans, all that. I hate to bring politics into it, but all this is is influential. We're all human beings that are, you know, either living here in America wherever you may live that you have these views that cross over not only in your religion but also in your politics in your worldview etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think i think make no mistake i think um i think that's what's happening and i i also wanted to point out that pope francis this is also really sad before we move on to um priests being suspended pope francis has um purposely in my opinion um, has uh, elevated uh, bishops to become cardinals who are of the ones that are more, how can I say this, <laughs> liberal, okay? Um, and he has direct, he has uh, purposely, in my opinion, has avoided, uh, you know, um, appointing these, these archbishops that are more conservative, like Chaput, never became a cardinal. Shapiro should have became a cardinal. Are you kidding me? He was in, he was in Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, one of the largest metropolitans in the country. Um, Archbishop Gomez, uh, regardless of what you think about Archbishop Gomez, um, and that's very controversial, but he hasn't been, he is yet to be elevated uh, to a cardinal. And Los Angeles is the largest metropolitan in the country, for God's sake, right? Um, yet, this pope has elevated more cardinals than any other pope. If you look at the statistics, I remember reading in a magazine, it, it was r- ridiculous. He had he has elevated twice as much as uh, John Paul II. And if you don't think that's political, that is definitely political because guess what? Who appoints the pope? Cardinals. Cardinals, <laughs> right? So he's setting up for the future cardinals or for the future pope. That when he is, his demise may come, guess what? It's all good. I already appointed all these other cardinals to be in place to make sure they get the job done and perpetuate this direction that Pope Francis has begun. So to me, this sounds like you're basing this off of a book called Infiltration, which uh, goes I've, deeper. I've, I've never read the book. I will never read the book. That man okay. is uh, has has offended me deeply when he attacked one of the greatest Pope, if not the greatest Pope of all time, John Paul II. So I, I do not affiliate me with that, that, uh, well, heretic. The, the, the reason why I'm calling you out is simply because it's the same logic 
So you're, you're stopping at JP2 being a JP2 Catholic, but you're, you're going with the same logic attacking Pope Francis when really the same logic's been going back to, uh, you know, John the 23rd, you know, according to the book. So what I'm trying to get at is I don't think it's a I think it's a slippery slope to start doing that and saying that this is all political because then you, you then you have to go deeper and be like, when did this begin? Did it begin with Francis all of a sudden or or was there a long term thing going on? And I think that that can lead to schism which we don't want to do. I think at the end of the day, I think that you have some good points about what Francis is doing, but at the same time, I mean, our faith does teach that rash judgment is grave matter. So I don't want to go and have rash judgment on Pope Francis by saying that this is his intention in, in doing this. I want to say that I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that, Hey, there's a spirit of schism going on in the church. And I think that he's trying to bring that, um, spirit of schism uh really to the forefront and and reveal those who are who are in the church and those who are out of the church really because like i said with these latin mass communities there's a lot of cross-pollination with schismatics that attend and i I personally have experienced that and so i think that that is a great recipe to prevent that like are you in line with vatican ii or not basically this will prevent you from maybe coming into the parish, becoming full-fledged with the parish, maybe they'll flee back to their own schismatic communities, or they'll go elsewhere, maybe they'll go to an Orthodox church, or whatever it may be. I think that it's a, it's a recipe to basically say, hey, are you in line with Vatican II? Are you in line with the Novus Ordo? Because these are legitimate, and you have to agree that they're legitimate to be uh, practicing Catholics. So let me just re- let me reply. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make no, any wait, sense. Wait, why wait, don't we make this wait. a separate topic sometime? Because this is one that I'm very passionate about and I'd love to get into it. But it go for it. We're going. Let me just respond to him real quick. I just wanted to say, wait, that's all. OK, like, I, I just want to say that that doesn't make any sense. OK, I think um, it makes a little sense. I, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, let me tell you why it doesn't make any sense, because um, how is it? How is it that empowering bishops um, is uh, that are now going to have full control because obviously we know Pope Benedict uh, the 16th gave that power back to individual priests that they, if they want to celebrate the Latin mass, the Trentine mass in their parish, regardless of what their local, their ordinary says. And we know that here in LA, I don't know where you are, but in LA, we know that we had Cardinal Mahoney and Cardinal Mahoney did not allow, he only allowed one uh, Trentine Mass to happen in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles per week, okay? And people had to travel. You know how I know this? Because I used to be part of those people that would travel from one spectrum, uh, you know, one location to another very far location every week just to attend the Trentine Mass, okay? So now you put the power back in the bishop, okay? I'm not anti-authority i'm not you know bishop should (laughs) bishop shouldn't have any power but now when you do that it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense that this is going to be good for the church so quick quick reply it it makes no sense quick reply it makes sense because the individual bishops have an awareness of what's going on in their own diocese and what's necessary what it makes sense because the individual bishops have an understanding and awareness of what's happening in their own diocese so as to react and give a pastoral a resolution to the matter okay let me interject okay dennis i do see where you're coming from 
well, the reason why is because um, I was speaking with a seminarian friend of mine uh, here in the Archdiocese of LA, and he read the motu proprio, and he gave me a breakdown of what it says. He says that the motu proprio, um, it's addressing pontificum sumarum, which which um, made it clear that priests could celebrate the land mass if they wanted to, of course, by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So what happened was that um, the point of this uh, this previous motu proprio. Uh, summarum, summarum pontificum um, was to uh, um, achieve unity because you have, and let me go back a little bit on some terminology that we've been using. Tri uh, uh, we've been using the words conservative Catholic and liberal Catholic. I want to, I want to push back and, and um, terms, so. yeah, well, you, you know where I'm going with this, Dennis, because we, you and I, we've talked already, but there, instead of saying liberal Catholics and uh, conservative Catholics, it's, I agree. Instead of Catholic, instead of saying conservative Catholics and liberal Catholics, I say faithful Catholics and dissenting Catholics. So the, the dissenting Catholics are the ones who, yeah, I'm Catholic, but fill in the blank. I uh, oh, the uh, Catholic, but the Catholic, but or the cafeteria Catholics, if you will. Those are the dissenting Catholics, the faithful Catholics. Unfortunately, I don't know if it, I don't know if unfortunately is the right word, but it's an umbrella term for the Catholics who 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 accept what the church says but there's so much diversity within the faithful catholics namely you have the traditionalist catholics the ones who go to latin mass and the rest of us and even then okay we we, we can go into more detail about uh the kinds of communities but i i, I would imagine they're a little more geographical than anything else but that's a little besides the point point is within the faithful catholics there's different camps the point of summarum pontificum was to bring unity within all Catholics, really. But there was this group that was left out after um, the land mass was uh, restricted, if not suppressed. I'll, I'll let the fact check that back in the um, 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 back in the early seventies uh, during Pope Paul VI's pontificate. Pope Benedict XVI wanted to reach out to the traditionalist Catholics for the sake of unity among Catholics. Period. Pope Francis is clarifying that did not happen. The reason why that did not happen was because the traditionalist Catholics, with all due respect, generally can be snotty. Can um, they they um, look down on individuals who are not traditional Latin Mass Catholics? They do that. Um, in my experience, what I will share in my experience, and to be fair, this was this didn't happen at traditional Latin Masses, but there's a parish here. I don't want to point out which one in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles that celebrates the traditional Latin mass. Now this parish is surrounded by a sea of uh, parishes where the majority of Catholics are dissenting, where if not the, 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 the attendees of the masses are dissenting, the priests themselves are dissenting. So this one parish celebrates the traditional Latin mass. I've gone to this parish and the people who attend this parish, they'll recognize an outsider when they see one and I go, I'm not one of them. And they they know instinctively this guy is not from here. They've looked me up and down in a, in a disturbing way. You know, it, uh, um, you know, clearly I'm not a, a traditional and mass Catholic because I'm not one of them. And there aren't too many other neighboring uh, parishes that celebrate the tradition, the traditional and mass. So they could safely assume I was um, not all that traditional. And I do want to specify the differences between the word tradition and conservative. I do think there's a huge difference between the two. And and but again, I'd rather say faithful Catholic than dissenting Catholic. 
Pope Francis's intention with this, um, and and to to build off what you what you're saying, Dennis, the intention is, hey, we tried this and it didn't work. It caused even more division. Therefore, we're gonna leave it up to the bishops to restrict uh, the land mass, and it's up to the bishops. And here's the thing. Just reading some of the headlines, it made it sound like it was a total ban on the Latin mass. That is not true. That is inaccurate. It's up to the bishops. I do want to clarify that. But this is going to cause more division than there already is. And I'll leave it at that. I'll let I'll let I'll let me let me chime in a little. Dennis, really quickly. Dennis, really quickly. Is there bishops? Hold on one second. I want to ask you a question, Dennis. Dennis, I want to ask you a question. Is there bishops that are dissenting? Are there bishops dissenting in the church? Yes. Yes. Like especially in Germany. Yes. Okay. So according to you, this is what you said. The bishop has, should have the provision to make this decision. Now you're saying that a bishop that his dissenting should have the provision to make such decisions, not only on this matter, but as we know in Germany and the matter of gay marriage and matter of the Eucharist. Okay. So according to you, Authority is absolute, and it should be thrown back in the hands of a bishop. That's what you're saying. That's Javier. your your line of reasoning. But Javier, can we stay on? No, 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 no. This is good. This is good. Uh, let, let, well, let me reply well, okay. first. Well, first of all, Dennis, why did you respond to me? And right, I ahead. let you ask him hey, a question. You, you can respond you to me on. after. Go ahead. You you, you go ahead and uh, go back to memo, and then you come back to me, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'll respond to you later. Um, but um, I'll go to the bigger target first. So the bigger target is Guillermo. I actually respect what you said about that. I agree with you. I, I, and I, I don't think I once mentioned conservative or liberal no. Catholicism on the no. podcast yet because I know better not to do that. But what I what I agree with is your terminology. But also I wanted to chime in and say that I think that there is um, another terminology that may be more suitable. And this is coming from a priest friend of mine, a very good one at that, who, who celebrates both Tridentine and Novus Ordo. Um, he said that he thinks that there is only, uh, what's called, uh, rigid Catholics, uh, or, or not. And so what he, what he means by that is this, that he's as a priest, he's noticed that there's rigid Catholics in the Tridentine community. And there's also rigid Catholics in the, uh, Novus Ordo community. What does he mean by that? Basically, he means that they're rigid to the point of, uh, they're not open, right. To anything oh, of outside of outside of their perspective. And that includes quote unquote, like you said, liberal Catholics or even dissenting Catholics, right. That are, they're You're also right. rigid. They're also rigid. Why? Because he said that they don't want him using Latin at all, even in the Novus Ordo. Like they don't want him uh, doing certain like uh, reverent postures, right. Uh, having reverent posture or reverent bows or, or, or again, Latin uh, language at all, or chants at all during the Novus Ordo. And while they're, if they're so liberal, quote unquote, they're open minded, right? Why are they closed off to that? And so likewise, you go to the Tridentine, they're also closed off in the other direction. So you have those two camps, right? They're rigid. They're both rigid camps. And therefore, what we have is we have people that are, you know, basically they're, they're I don't want to judge their soul, but I'm saying it seems like they have a hard, they have a hard heart in the sense that they they are what? rock solid on their perspective, right? Um, and if you go against it, you're going against like dogma almost, right? When really it's not the case. Um, now responding to Javier very quickly, 
yes, there are dissenting bishops. Um, what I was suggesting, Javier, is that Pope Francis has good intentions. His good intentions are he's trying to resolve this problem of schism that's, that's happening in the church. Now, going back to Guillermo, I think that he has a good point that it may cause even more division and even more schism um, because then these these Catholics that are, again, uh, against the Novus Ordo, against Vatican II, they're not going to want anything to do with it, and they're going to maybe go off to the SSPX. But that's the point. Maybe Pope Francis is trying to weed those people out instead of trying to, hey, I, wanna, I want everyone to come in and just, you know, I, I just want people to be Catholic or be in the church. No, actually, no, I want good Catholics in the church. I don't want just Catholics that are uh, Catholic by name only or even by attendance only, but they're actually Catholic in their thought, heart, practice, right? And therefore, hey, if you're going to leave the church because of this, then you probably weren't Catholic to begin with. You have a you have a spirit of schism. Yeah, I, I hate to admit how beautifully you you worded it because people know pe there's this there's this um, idolatry for the Latin rite. It is an idolatry. Like if it's not in the Latin, if it's in, the, if it's not the Tridentine Mass, then it's not really the Mass, or or it's it's oh it's valid but illicit, or invalid, or what have you. So no, Dennis, I I, I do see where you're coming from, but um I don't know Pope Francis's intentions. I, I in my opinion, this is very imprudent. Um, uh, it's it's just not um. This whole podcast is imprudent, so you're safe. <laughs> well, yeah, Dennis. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, I don't, if I were to keep going, I'd go off topic. So so that's that. So just to bring it back real quick, because uh, I haven't heard my voice in a while, and we know that's a problem in the podcast if I don't hear my own Big voice. Problem. So, uh, yeah, huge. So, um, so, um, so basically what I'm hearing is, uh, first and foremost, we've never had this kind of uh, – you know, disagreement in the podcast. Ramon and I, I think if we ever, and that's just the relationship of our, of our uh, brotherhood and friendship. If we ever start talking like that, we're going to start duking it out. Like, but <clears throat> we were talking about, uh, about Arian and uh, Santa Claus, you know, punching Arian in the face. Um, yeah. If I'm recalling correctly, you know, um, so one thing, one thing that happened right now, is not clip, and it was hilarious. But um, another thing that happened is um, we we were we we're talking about this uh, this whole. It, it's really geeky, by the way. It's really nerdy what we're talking about right now. Let's just let's just flat out say it. You know, it is. is it? very. It, it is. I mean, you guys are theologians. You know, I'm just a rinky dinky knuckle dragging Catholic dude. You know, who's trying to who's trying to mm. live the faith. You know, struggling every day. Um, but, I guess. All right. But you know, we are we are talking about about things that most most people don't really don't really um, engage with. You know theologically speaking or just like in, in, a, in a regular conversation so just to just to bring it down to the regular guy level um pope francis said that basically uh priests have the uh, the ability to restrict the roman missile of 1962 in masses and that would be the latin mass right once again speaking regular regular terms no, i'm not using the big fancy latin words um so so that's going on and then we're we're kind of talking about motivations now i haven't been a big fan of pope francis decisions um just because they i mean just from a from a knuckle draggers perspective it seems to go away from from church uh teaching 
You know, when he praises Father James Martin and says nothing about Father Altman, who was dismissed, basically, because he was speaking, he dared to speak the truth. It, there, there's a problem there. You know, it's not like he's not paying attention to what people say. When people like Bishop Barron feel attacked by people like, uh, like the guy who wrote the book Infiltration, I, I'm blanking out on his name. I, I think Marshall. about Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas all oh. the time. But yeah, Taylor Marshall. Taylor, Taylor Marshall. Uh, but yeah, um, he, uh, he, he felt attacked by him. He felt attacked by him. And you know what? And, and at the end of the day, you know, he, here's the thing. I read the book. Okay, I actually read the book. I wrestled with it. I checked the facts, and I'm like, yeah, he attacked my boy JP too. Like, I'm not what? gonna lie. Like, he it, it it didn't seem right the way he went after him, you know. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. But there, the thing is, is he wrong? Yeah. And so yep. when yes. I checked certain facts, I'm like, all right, he's not wrong here. He's kind of wrong here, or he's taking it too far here. Yeah. But the thing is, like, at the end of the day, whether you like the guy, whether you like the people in the uh, in the who go to Latin mass at that particular parish, like, are they right? Are they wrong? Am I right? Am I wrong? Sometimes I'm prideful and I want to do things my way. Scratch that. Every day I'm prideful and I want to do things my way because I, let's just face it, most of the times I'm right. Um, but when it comes down to, to truth, I'm willing to be corrected. You know, and that's why I surround myself with people who are smarter than me, AK, also known as you guys, you know. I, I, I want to sit down. I want to listen. Sometimes I want to shut up and just soak up what you guys are talking about because it's just awesome because I'm not, I didn't go to Franciscan as we talked about in another podcast. You know, it was too expensive for my blood. Um, but but I, I, do, I do geek out on theology books and I do read the stuff that I'm not supposed to read if I want to be considered faithful, you know, and there, there's stuff that, that I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's just read it. Let's, let's listen to this. Is this person an idiot? Is he not? Are they wrong? Are they right? And so at the end of the day, I think all of you guys make some really good valid points, like maybe an unintended fruit, intended or unintended. We can give them the benefit of the doubt. I've been giving Pope Francis the benefit of the doubt for too long, and I've seen too many bad things happen, yeah. you know, too many bad leadership decisions coming out of that, that office. And you can talk about who was standing behind him when he came out yeah. to greet the people for the, for the very first time. You can talk about his relationship with Cardinal McCarrick. You can talk about his relationship with all these abusive people. And you can also talk about how welcoming he's been to other to a lot of Catholics who felt ostracized from the religion because they weren't Catholic enough, right? So we can talk about all these things. At the end of the day, is this a good decision? Is this a bad decision? We're going to find out because time is going to tell. And whether or not that's an unintended consequence or an intended consequence that all the faithful Catholics are going to show, there is one thing that, that, that we are going to see for sure is that the people who are in power who don't like the Latin mass are going to restrict it. And maybe, maybe I'm just—I don't know. Maybe I'm too loud. Maybe I need to shut up. But at the same time, I think I think all you guys. Oh yeah. So I'd like to chime in just very quickly, and I say that for one, I am not the person that endorses everything Pope Francis has said or done. Um, as a faithful Catholic myself, I, I, I believe to be, um, and and aim to be. But I definitely want to keep that spirit of uh holy obedience the spirit of uh, reverence towards the holy father as being the holy father i believe he's a legitimate pope i believe yeah. that he has legitimate authority um jurisdiction but 
at the same time, I do believe that there is something fishy going on and, and, and I definitely smell that if you will, or taste it, however you want to put that, but it's definitely something fishy going on. And I think that, uh, people need to be aware of that. I'm just saying on this topic, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, I see, I see the perspectives that you're giving me and I recognize things that may have been, uh, erroneously said or done um in the past that's an interesting place to, to leave it i think that's a that's a nice little bow um you know what just just because i happen to be the the host of the podcast now i, I want to give i want to give memo the uh guillermo the last uh the last word on this one if you want to just kind of close it off with some uh, some, some thoughts you know just kind of okay so this what's that let's let me see i i lost my train of thought but just building off of okay there's these restrictions on the latin mass i saw this meme recently of a bishop pointing to a priest to go over a cliff and the meme says obedience has its limits (laughs) yeah that there is truth to that of course there is truth to that but we could easily uh argue we could easily go back and forth about well who is it that we're supposed to obey you know there's this back and forth that will come from that well should we have obeyed our bishop marcel lefebvre when he said oh hey yeah let's go no we should have disobeyed him those of us who were his followers or what have you um and but their their argument is no he did the right thing by by um ordaining the priests against the pope's orders now that's a different topic but the reason why I bring up this meme is because this is something that it doesn't call for disobedience. This is something that calls for obedience, just because, as we can see, it's not a full ban on the mass. And even if it were, here's the thing. Here's this assumption that we all got back in the early 70s when when the Novus Ordo first came about and the Latin mass was not celebrated, to the best of my knowledge, at all. Uh, unless someone attended SSPX um, masses, the land mass was gone for this uh, from the early 70s all the way up until what was it 2007 with Pope Benedict the, uh, the 16th motu proprio. Did the world end in 1970 because the land mass was gone? No. Is it going to end now that it's restricted? Hell no. No, it's not going to. It's not going to. And look, look, after the Latin Mass was gone in the early 70s, did faithful Catholics disappear? No, no, we're, we, that's why we're having this conversation, the four of us right here, because we believe what the church says. And we're, quote unquote, Novus Ordo Catholics. No, we're faithful Catholics. I, I just want to give two things. Um, the first thing is that if if you are a latin mass uh, attendee uh, like i was uh, mm. and i have been um write to your bishop right especially Ooh. now that this has happened right, very practical advice write to your bishop let him know that you do not want the latin mass restricted in your in your parish uh in your diocese um in other words show their support for for the trinity mass in your in your diocese in your archdiocese uh, the second thing I want to say is uh, kind of in conjunction with what Memo was saying, we are Catholic, we are faithful Catholic in our in our alliance and our uh, fidelity, first and foremost to Jesus Christ, yeah. um, and but but therefore and they're also to His Bride, the Church, 
and the teachings of the church, the teachings of the church, study your catechism, study the church's documents, councils, and remain obedient to the church's teachings, regardless of what um, you may hear uh, in your parish or coming from your local bishop or God forbid, coming from your current Pope, you know the church's teachings, you remain faithful to Jesus Christ through the church and all will be well. And pray for us as we pray for you. Ferro, ferro, acuito. See, I thought you were gonna like start like poking at stuff, right? No, now. I wanted and to I'm start like, going back guy. at Dennis because he's a liberal, but I, 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 I... <laughs> did you 